Welcome to Conversations with Coley, where we have conversations about subjects we think about but often don't speak about. My name is Nicole Miller, and I'm the author of this book series, A Through Z, Guide to Raising a Good Human, a series I wrote to help in the communication process. To another episode of Conversations with Coley. Today I am speaking to Linda Koblin, mindfulness-based wellness coach. Linda helps women to stop people-pleasing. Thank you for being here. Welcome, Linda, and I hope I said your last name right. Good enough. Okay. How do you I'm say it? How do you say it properly? Coblin. Coblin. It's goblin with oh, a goblin. C. Coblin. Okay. I like that. I like that. Especially for for October. So here's your icebreaker question. For you, where do you go to seek peace? Hmm. I go outdoors for sure. Um, I have my little spot out on the deck, a chair with a little side table, and uh, we have the trees and the grass in the backyard, and yeah, definitely that's where I go to just come back to myself. Yes, I mm. feel the same way. I go out on my porch with my tin roof, especially when it's raining. So it's yeah. raining right now, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear it. Not literally, but I can, I get that rain. Yes. Sound. Yes. So tell everybody about yourself. Wow. You know, I, I'm, I was excited that you might ask this question. It's kind of like, I feel really privileged to be asked that um, about myself. What comes to mind is a really athletic, outgoing, a real uh, adventure for self-development and getting to know myself. And um, yeah, and a real, my journey has been somebody who was very disconnected with herself, kind of living life out of my mind and out of what everybody else wanted and really just learning how to come back to myself. And um, yeah, and just loving myself and giving myself lots of permission to just grow and, and yeah, be my best me. So, I love it. I love it. So um, going into mindfulness, did you experience any childhood trauma that kind of might have led you to be more of a people pleaser, more on that side to then journey over to mindfulness? How did you end up choosing that path? Yeah, I, I would say that not trauma per se, nothing out of the ordinary, but the ordinary life is difficult. You, you, you make sense of the world as you're growing up and you tend to take everything personally. And at least for me, you know, that I was responsible, did something wrong. Maybe it's my nature. So that, yeah, I, I guess for me, it was a lot of self, I developed a lot of self-doubt, um, fear, uh, easily into overwhelm, kind of like really in my head mm -hmm. about who I was. And like I say, I was so disconnected. I just was really unsettled, couldn't decide what I really wanted to do. I mean, I had a lot of success, meaning like socially with friends, sports, you know, had a really great time. But at the same time, I was, I felt really stuck and scared. Mm. And that was, and sure, it comes out of society, it comes out of parenting and, and who I am in that dynamic. Um, but mindfulness meditation was, was what I was, I was drawn to be still, for some mm. reason, maybe because I was such a monkey and so antsy and, you know, couldn't sit still, I always wanted to be still. And I really just, it was what, you know, it was that big, that's what I want. Yeah. For me. And I really just 
said, I'm going to do it. And I just started to uh, sit quietly and then eventually took courses and, mm. and uh, it's been life changing for me. Yeah. Can you explain to people who might not know why mindfulness is important? Yeah. Mindfulness is really what it is, is it's a way of being in that you become totally aware, observant of who you're being, what you're doing, what you're feeling in your body, what your thoughts are at every moment Mm -hmm. of your waking life. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like a big job, but what it is, is it's just a real serious coming to know yourself with acceptance, like without judgment. So it's a real, so that when you are feeling overwhelmed, you know it and you can take care of yourself uh, when you're in that state. It's not like you no longer experience difficulty, struggle, pain, fear, but it's that you become aware of it and you give yourself permission to take care of yourself so you can find balance again. So a real, just a real awake to yourself and acceptance of yourself way of being. Yeah. Yeah. I am all about mindfulness. Are Um, you? Hugely. And it's good for self-discovery. It's good for healing. It's good for so many different things, but it's hard to explain to people how you can become how you can come from maybe a traumatic situation to a more quiet and still and mindful state of mind. So can you just kind of share with us how you can get out of that rat racy kind of in your head, beating yourself up kind of state of mind to a quieter, more mindful state of mind. Mm -hmm. I love that. You put that so well. Um, It is, it's, I guess the other big aspect um, of mindfulness is a t- is being able to direct your attention. And this is what sitting and meditating kind of is all about. It's all about choosing to very, traditionally you would follow your breath. You would sit for even a minute if you were someone who was just starting out, sit quietly, still, somewhere comfortable and, and pay attention to your breath. And what this paying attention does, or this training your muscle of paying attention, is you can choose to not pay so much attention to your thoughts, which tend to be, you know, if we're not careful and if we're of a certain type, in my case, very highly sensitive and critical, if you get caught up in those thoughts and thinking they're real, well, that's going to create how you feel. But if you realize oh, you've got these thoughts going on. I'm going to choose not to pay attention to those so much, but instead pay attention to the sensations in my body. You start to build that space between your thinking and your thoughts and how you actually are in this moment. And in this moment, we generally are okay. You know, it's Like if we took our thoughts away, we might find that our body is actually quite calm or, you know, I'm breathing okay, I'm feeling okay. It's just that when I pay attention and listen to those thoughts, I start to get that revved up breathing and heart rate and fear. So it's that, classically, it's that space in between our thinking, especially our negative fear thoughts, and how we are in this moment right now and creating an opportunity to choose how we want to feel 
Mm-hmm. And that's the empowering part is, is building that ability to choose. And that, and you find over time, if you practice it, you can bring yourself to calm, to okayness, to less fear. Mm-hmm. And that's the magic of it. Yeah, and it Does is true. <laughs> yeah, it makes total sense to me because yeah. I suffered in a physical injury. I found meditation to help with that. I mm. was cruising along on YouTube and I found a meditation breathing for healing uh, organs, broken bones and things like that. And I was like, let me try it. I can't do much except sit. And what I realized is that I don't pay attention to how I breathe. I don't use my lungs all the way when I'm doing all the things. I'm not paying attention to how I'm reacting, how I'm how I'm acting. And once I understood that, then I could understand everything else. And it just started kind of clicking for me on how to quiet the mind and how much anxiety my own mind was causing me. Yes, exactly. It's the thought. It's kind of like it's both ways. It's you can get triggered and have that for me, that real butterfly nausea in the tummy, which tells me that something something has caused discomfort. I don't always know what it is. Mm-hmm. It can be pain, like in your case. Um, and then you start thinking a particular way, you're right, because it makes you scared. So you start mm-hmm. having scary thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess in a way, yeah, and then because we're having the scary thoughts, it creates more intensity of the discomfort, whether it's the pain mm-hmm. or just plain old discomfort. I guess it's pain no matter where you look at it because it's so darn uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah, like you say, it's that. And then so we have to shift our thinking in order to shift the feeling within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I really had to sit and think like, do I give my heart and all my organs and all my other, because they, what they would have you do is breathe in and push it as far down, down to the injury, which was Mm -hmm. my ankle. So Mm -hmm. I was really having to pay attention to, do I really give my body enough oxygen? Is that maybe why I'm experiencing certain ways that I feel? Because I'm not really breathing. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have time to pay attention to what my body is doing. I'm just so busy reacting to all that's coming to me in the world. And so it really kind of was like, wow, this is something that you really need to do when you're trying to heal yourself or get out of bad situations, but to explain it to someone or to say, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what mindfulness means. Yeah, Uh, it can be, it can be a word that we just sort of, it's, it's kind of one of those overused words that people have their opinions about and it stops. It stops right there. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, if, if you can get into a conversation and use like your example of it's just being in relationship with your body, which mm-hmm. is so profound, it's so incredible and freeing and, mm-hmm. and it puts the control back, you know, as much as we can control, we can only control our response. But I mean, yeah, it's just, um, it's amazing how our culture and just just how it is, you know, that we're very verbal, very visual, very in our heads. And we've forgotten that we, until there's a problem, that we actually have this body that is, has so much to offer us if we can connect with it, you know, mm-hmm. that is who we are more so is our body than mm-hmm. our, than our brains. Almost. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So in the healing journey, how does one begin to recognize that they are in a state of toxic behavior where they're not being mindful? Huh. Yeah, I would say 
Well, I'd say there's just a lot of those feelings of frustration uh, with set with ourselves, fear. Um, and we know it, like we know when we need to do, we need to be doing something different. We need to speak our truth. We need to say something. We need to do something that shifts how our feeling, how we're feeling and our, the, and the relationship with ourselves and the other person or people. Like we know that instinctively. And that's why we get uncomfortable or we get frustrated with ourselves. Why we might get depressed or, or just feel... Um, not capable or not good enough like so those are those are the feelings that tell us um and this is the other relationship part right how we relate to these feelings is not that they're true and we're we are those things it's just that we are temporarily feeling like we need to do something different and that's i have learned and anybody can learn it that instead of looking outward uh, like in the case of it's a person, like if it's a situation where things aren't going well and you, as a people pleaser, um, you feel you need to fix something external or say something or do something for somebody. That's not where the fix is. The fix is to now look inward and to allow yourself to feel the discomfort, to feel the confusion. This is step one, to allow ourselves in the most caring way we can because we're we're scared children at this point eh? we're just in that we go to that place where we're we don't have the skills we're like that young kid again mm -hmm. and to give ourselves real real permission to look and see well what do I need to do what do I really need to do here for myself mm -hmm. um, to to uh, transform this situation yeah yeah yeah. So for people who don't know, what is people pleasing? Because sometimes people don't understand that they are a people pleaser or they don't understand what that means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, probably many people will describe it in different ways, but right off the bat, people pleasing is like, it's two things. It's a beautiful personal, sensitive personality person. Yeah, it's a lovely person who wants the best for pretty much everybody else. Maybe they don't do it enough for themselves. And this is where the learning needs to happen. Um, you know, they, they want to be helpful. They want to be caring. Uh, but a couple things. The problem with it is that we've learned that probably out of trying to control our environment um, because we feel people, if they're upset or dis, they might, we might think they're disappointed with us. Um, and that we learn young is a very uncomfortable place to be. We, we learn somehow that it, it's our fault and we need to do something to make the environment, the other people, okay. Mm -hmm. So we tend to be uh, behaving in such a way that we need that person to validate that we're okay. If they're okay, we're okay. Right. Mm, yeah. And we get caught in that feeling of having to please other people to get that validation for ourselves. That's a real, real big piece of it is that we've just learned, you know, we made decisions when we were really young. And the exciting thing is, is we can go back and take a look at these incidences through different exercises and stuff um, and see that we misinterpreted something somewhere along the line. It's not our responsibility to make other people okay. 
you know, it, it, we can be okay with ourselves and, and work with other people, but it's not, it's not our responsibility. So yeah, a real looking outward for validation um, is a real big part of people pleasing. And what it looks like is just, oh, you know, you can't, you're, you really have difficulty saying no. Yeah, the people you're, you're your friends or your family when they when they want help is a big one. And, and you end up even when you know in your heart, you had something else planned, or you're really, really tired, or you wish you didn't, they didn't always have to come to you. You're just too scared to say no to, to say, hey, can we kind of work this out a little different in a little different way. So what you're not good at as a people pleaser is putting yourself first, or mm -hmm at least as part of the equation so yeah. that you can remain healthy as an individual and be of service, the service you want to be with other people. So you're not putting, somehow you believe somewhere along the line that you're not important enough to put first and to stand up for yourself. Yeah. 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 I'm a people pleaser too, or I was. I'm trying to get better about it because I would then get into these relationships, maybe not romantic or just, you know, work relationships, friend relationships that I would feel I had to go out of my way to make sure they were okay. And then suddenly they were starting to take from me and it became very transactional. And when I said no, then there was a whole situation that would happen. And I would be like, how does this keep happening to me? <laughs> That's so incredible that you notice that. And that's a huge thing to admit. I mean, that's when I think about when I work with clients, you know, you want to say that you just got to say no, yeah. you know, but along with that is we have to be also ready and willing to accept that some of these relationships might fall apart yeah. permanently or maybe just because you're being a different person now, you, we need to now work on this relationship to build it differently. But that's really scary when when you do start to stand up for yourself, especially with people who have pretty much in, been enjoying your service. <laughs> yeah. um, how scary that can be. But, you know, it's, yes, we might have to give up. And we don't, sadly, we don't want those people in our life. And maybe when they see that you're now standing up for yourself, they will adjust too if they want to be part of your life. And if they if they don't, well, then we're just better off without them. Yeah. And not to be mean, it doesn't. And I think as people pleasers, that's what happens there is we're not, we think we're being mean or we're being selfish. Yeah. Or, or we've done something wrong to piss that person off when really yeah. we we have bumped into their issues and in a, in a, in a way it's a gift, it's a gift to them. So you can still know that you're being a great person because you're giving them the gift of you need to do some waking up <laughs> yeah. yourself. Right. And if you're not yeah. interested in going there, well, I, you know, I, I wish you the best on your journey, but <laughs> we can't, you know, it's not working. It's not healthy for me and it's not healthy for you to, for, to continue this way. So huge step for you too, Nicole, that, yes. that we it was huge. these things. Yes. Yeah. And it, I, it took up a lot of my life to be mm -hmm. a people, a people pleaser like that. It took up a lot of my life because I would have to make myself available 
for them to feel better as they were going on their own life journeys. And I was staying stagnant because I was having to be that crutch for them, but Mm -hmm. I needed to do that for them. I felt, and it was because I had this people pleasing, I don't know, weird. (laughs) Well, you make a very good point. And that is, well, I mean, we don't, we only do things because we get something from it. Right. And sure. As a people pleaser, you get a lot of, you get praise, people like you, man. And I was an excellent people pleaser. I was really proud of my people pleasing skills and I still am, but now I do it with awareness. Yeah. But yeah, I got a lot of praise. People liked me. I was someone you like to have around. I was helpful. I was a lot of great things, but you know, like you say, you get to that point in life, maybe it's a certain age where you start to, you know, where your values set, start to shift and you realize that, um, you know, it's not really for the best reasons. You're hiding part of yourself or, mm-hmm. yeah, you're just doing all of this to get okayness. And really you, you start to see that you, you need to find that okayness within yourself. It really starts to become obvious because once you start, you know, achieving certain things and maybe, you know, you're, you've got stability in life, you do start to shift and think what else, you know, something's missing. Mm -hmm. And, and it so often it's that relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I think too, if our confidence is a little shaken, we tend people with a low self-esteem, I think, tend to be more people-pleasing because they feel like they have to be to belong. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's that, that's that understanding we might've had as a little kid is, we, is incidents has happened, maybe within family, friends, wherever that shame came in, you know, like you, maybe you did say something that triggered something in someone else and they shouted at you and blamed you, right? Or got really, really mad at you and you and your sensitive self took it. Like you, you know, it's me, I'm just so horrible, you know? And, and that shame, that um, lack of self-worth is, is, is just so true for you that you start trying to be a better person by serving other people and mm-hmm. and but you're not really getting that that shame and, and lack of self-worth is not true like you know at some point we need to take a look and go well is that really true and no we miss and I mean we could blame the perpetrator for not managing their own behavior or just explaining or apologizing and letting them know, I'm sorry, it's not you, it's me. People don't do this, right? Because other people are not, they're just doing their best in the incident. Yeah. Um, But at some point we get to revisit that place where we started to build this sense of shame and and unworthiness and say, no, I, I misinterpreted it. It really didn't, it wasn't about me. It was about the other person and I am okay. Mm-hmm. And, and then we start to build on that, that we simply are okay doing the best we can. We're just people doing, we're all people doing the best we can. Yes. Making mistakes, learning, and that's the process. 
Yes, I agree 100%. And you don't hear a lot anymore of people saying, hey, I made a mistake. It's a lot of, nope, it's your fault, your fault, point fingers and try to do that whole thing. It's empowering to be able to say, no, I made a mistake. Thank you for teaching me. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, I, it's funny that came up because it's been a very, I mean, I'm, when we are always making mistakes as one way of saying that word. Um, but some of them, I guess, get big enough that we feel horrible and embarrassed and yeah. want to run away from our own skin. Yeah. But I really, it's so, and this is what's so exciting about personal development and mindfulness and really taking a look at ourselves is, you know, I really saw myself going down that road of, and all I did was I, I presented a topic uh, in my Facebook group and I really felt like I'd, I just lost my line of thought and I had so many things I wanted to say and anyway it didn't go off like I wanted it to and I just later on in the day started to feel like a real idiot <laughs> <laughs> and um but you know I had my three things that I know I say my, to myself now one is people you know we tend to be the center of our own worlds and we think well other people are that you know paying attention to us like we pay attention to ourselves but that's not true people just observed and then they get on with their life right maybe they had a thought or two but they're on with their life they're not thinking about me anymore what they are seeing and hearing who knows right because we're all coming from our own perspectives you know maybe they did get their little bits of information out of it and, and that was good enough they didn't even think about the rest and um and all and finally just the the permission to learn like we really we're always making mistakes because like I say some of them are big enough that we actually notice but to give ourselves real real permission to to learn and 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 really spend some time seeing what what we did learn like spending time in well what did I learn not how, where did I screw up yeah but what did I learn Yes. How exciting that is that. Wow. And I am going to take that with me forward. Right. That's just powerful. Mm -hmm. But that's a that's a learning. We have to learn that we're so good at beating ourselves up. Um, we've been doing it all our lives. We learned that somehow that's what you're supposed to do when you screw up is kick yourself. Right. I mean, and, and, and somebody has to take a blame. It just. Yeah. Can't be. And, it just can't be. We can't walk away from it till someone has that blame in their hand. Oh. You're right. And, and we get so good at just doing it to ourselves. <laughs> Doesn't have to do it. I'll just, I can do it to myself until we wake up to, well, hang on here. We can get a lot further with some self-compassion and with some, some, like a real, wow, like curiosity of what happened and what you learn and what, why it did happen. And wow, where can I go from here? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So much more empowering. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you keep using the word empowering because in the books that I, I have written, one of them being a cleaning manual, I know it's, what does that have to do with mindfulness, mm -hmm. but it's how cleaning can be fun and why cleaning is not fun to most people. Most of the time, the reason it's not fun is that the tasks have built up because you are overwhelmed. And mm -hmm. then when you become overwhelmed, 
you procrastinate. <laughs> and when you procrastinate, it just gets worse and it starts to get inside of all of your, you know, emotions and you start making it a bigger deal and you think that everyone is judging you and that there's, it's just a, a huge, huge cycle. So when, when talking about all that's combined, including with mindfulness, um, you can kind of go, I'm empowered that I tackled that. I can tackle this corner. I can make it good. I can look at it and say, wow, that felt good. I'm empowered. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm a cleaner too. I love yes. cleaning has been my thing. It's kept me sane for a long, long time. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, those little wins that, and again, like you say, that's a new chant to ourselves, right? And it builds so that what happens over time is we naturally go to way to go, Nicole, way to go, Linda, rather than look at everything you didn't do and you yes. know, you're never going to whatever, right? We have to practice that new conversation with ourselves and we do it with mindfulness to start. And then you realize after a while, hey, you know, like a beautiful example, especially from a person who likes to be thing and neat environment is like dropping something and it splatters all over the floor you know in the kitchen or whatever and and I always remember just getting so down on myself when something like that would happen and I you know have it sounds like you have a tantrum before you mm -hmm. ever get to the cleaning of it and that's always a measure of how far I've come along is when I cut myself while chopping vegetables or drop something or you know on the floor break something and I'm good at it, right? Because uh, <laughs> if I'm not paying attention, I'm doing the next thing without having finished the thing before. Right. I I notice the quality of my reaction and how that's changed. And it's not beating myself up. It's not even, you know, what I do now is I don't even say anything in my head. I just get on to cleaning it up. Yeah. I put the mandate on. I don't even have a conversation about it anymore with myself because it's just get on with it. Yeah, right? it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So the little bit, the little conversations over time, if they can be beneficial, then they start to be what comes first. And you start to feel more what I call joy, balance and ease in life. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you think that we got to a point where we are so down on ourselves as a whole? I really think it comes back to, well, you know, it's just this they call it the, you know, what I read a lot from um, Rick Hansen and Peter Levine and psychologists who talk about our very primitive brain, that real fight or flight, stay safe, survive kind of a brain, right? And, and, and in our world, because we don't have the tigers eating us anymore, uh, we do have other fears, you know, fears of rejection, fear of failure, fear of just not being good enough. And so when we make mistakes, we tend to, yeah, I think we've learned. And I think, I don't know, you see it in movies and read about it, but just the parenting and the parenting is just uh, an expression of the culture, right? Because mm -hmm. not blaming any particular people here, but it's that pick up your bootstraps. Why did you do that? what were you thinking? Mm -hmm. How stupid, you know, I mean, in an effort to wake somebody up, but in reality is you can, you can even feel it. It's more of like a pulling in and a stepping on and a, you know, especially mm -hmm. for certain personalities, right? I, I would say for all personalities, it really doesn't work. It doesn't make you want to 
you know, it doesn't really help you be better. Yeah, and agreed. I think, yeah, and I think it, it's just that it comes from, you know, you need to do, you know, I want you to do better. And it just, it's just a misunderstood way of going about it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. You know, just a, yeah, just more of a fear based. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's gotten us all to where we are in the state that we're in is that we're not thinking about ourselves anymore. Now we're always putting ourselves behind everyone else and you can't, be or show up if you're not your best self and if you don't feel the best in your skin yeah and especially when everybody else is also struggling like we Mm -hmm. don't see that but when we realize that which is that whole self-compassion and compassion for others which is another overused word I'm sorry that I yeah (laughs) no no I mean you know I mean when we realize that everybody else is suffering in their own unique way um then we're more equal than putting people making people or thinking people are better than us yeah Yeah, they maybe they do better in certain areas but Um, at the end of the day who cares is that yeah like if you sat down and had a conversation with them you would find similar things that you struggle with right we all experience pain and we're all working through stuff and so with that knowledge it tends to equal the playing field so that we don't have to compare ourselves to others in a way that puts us down again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you think that people pleasing is a side effect of an abuse situation or just someone's perspective from a little kid's point of view of what the world is? Do you think there's a certain box that it fits into or do you think it affects everyone oh yeah it's it's all of what you say it's a it's physical mental abuse but it's also the lighter stuff for a lack of a better word of you know just like you know when parent parents are busy um and as a kid, you're doing what you do and you make a mistake or you say the wrong thing. Maybe you were rude or maybe you made a mess and the parent shouts at you, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they use words like you stupid or something out of anger of their own frustration. And this is what I call, I mean, and, and this this is damaging, um, but it's also, it, it's, it's, it's not purposeful, right? Parents don't do that purposefully. Um, But that in itself can be traumatic, right? For a young kid, we get scared. We think, you know, and depending again on your character to start Mm -hmm. with, you know, like I'm, I know I'm, I'm a highly, highly sensitive, highly emotional person. I just, I just am. And, um, and, and I, I, you know, probably had strong characters in my family that, and those two, right. Mm-hmm. creates a dynamic but I just took things very personally I took yeah and it never got discussed or you know like I I, I didn't say anything to anyone because I thought it was just true right mm-hmm. that uh there's something wrong with me uh I'm not smart enough I'm not good looking enough I'm not whatever we you know the whole shebang and you know most people didn't mean didn't you know, if I had actually brought it up, they would have said like, well, I didn't mean that's not what I meant. Yes, right. So, but those things don't, 
don't those conversations don't happen you just end up growing up fulfilling those beliefs in yourself right mm-hmm. and that's part a lot of what i talk about is um you know we are not our we are not our thoughts we don't i mean when we are purposefully thinking you know strategically and we're we're planning things we're creating our thoughts we're thinking them but when we're not thoughts are just arriving in our head and those are just habitual thoughts that we've grown up with that we don't even question and they make us feel and behave a different way like if i believe i'm stupid or not smart enough well then that's going to direct so many choices in my life you know mm-hmm. career wise maybe people that i maybe i won't want to reach out to to befriend certain type of people because i think well they're just those they're too intelligent for me i'm i'm not very intelligent you know what i mean like yeah absolutely keep our lives out of our thoughts but these are the thoughts that we had no choice about these are thoughts we did we developed when we were really really young and this is when i realized that this has been the hugest breakthrough for me is to realize that no those thoughts are just they're not my thoughts and I they don't serve me I see how they don't serve me Mm -hmm. I know I have a lot of to offer I like myself I always liked myself and I always had dreams and I wanted you know things I wanted to do but these thoughts were just they'd make me really move into overwhelm and I'd scare myself and but I realized through mindfulness in my meditation practice that um and it, it's just a basic truth that these thoughts are not ours and we can start to consider them see where they come from and then decide that they're not true for us and then start that planting in new mm-hmm. beliefs right how did when you med- how did you find i'm sorry how did you find meditation so what brought you to meditation well as i said i i get you know i was just sort of I remember really early on when I did try it, I tried it a few times as a teenager, but I felt like an imposter, you know, sitting there in that traditional meditative, you know, cross-legged on the ground. And I don't know, I guess I was seeing it in books and in movies and it, it was just it something drew you. That, yeah. yeah, you know, um, and then I don't know, it was just over time. I guess what happened is somebody told me they went to a 10-day silent meditation retreat somewhere that was accessible to me. And I knew right then and there, I want to do that. And so I did. I went for 10 days and it was a no speaking, no eye contact, and you meditate all day. And they give you beautiful meals and it's this this beautiful environment and you get a room, you share a room with people and just a huge experience. And I, I did really, really well. Like it was the first time really that I decided I want to do this because for a lot of people, it was very difficult physically to sit for so long, but for some reason I had decided, no, I am doing this. I'm going to sit through this pain and I am going to, I, I just knew, you know, it's the one thing that I'm so excited to say that I really, really knew, you know, cause I wanted to be one of those people that really knew something. Yes. <laughs> and one of those things I knew. And then from that point on, I, I remember I went home hugely transformed by the conversations because they did teachings in the evening and it, it just shifted my perspective on everybody else and myself and I made a commitment to myself to sit Monday to Friday 
I guess because I always like to give my weekends off of anything that's habitual if I can. Right. And I just I started with a few minutes and I moved up to about an hour and um, it it's just it's what I needed. I needed to stop and tune into myself. Yeah. And and it has been everything and more that that I imagined it to be. And I love it because it's free. I mean, yeah. you got to pay a little to learn and to get some coaching, but it's you can do it anywhere you want. And it the benefits are endless and they they just still continue to amaze me every day what I I get to understand about myself and other people and and I guess the biggest thing is just trust and and open to possibility and because when you're scared you're so shut down that you just don't see things for yourself you know everything's impossible right yeah yeah Yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. And, and it, it does, it offers, and this takes time, but you know, I mean, you do start to see, you start to see that things aren't as you perceive them to be, you know, because again, from fear and self-doubt, you look outward with the, with that perspective, shading everything, right? You, you don't see outside of, well, we're all like that. We just see what, from our perspective. And if we learn, like if somebody, if you ask somebody else, well, what do you see? And there's someone with more possibility and freedom and lightness in life. You're like, oh, wow, you see that. And then you can start to learn to see differently. Yeah. You see in a a way that serves you. And when you take care of yourself, your your relationships just start to blossom. They're more real. Everything you do. you just do it with more meaning and purpose. It's, I could go on and on and on. Yes. And I agree with everything you're saying because yeah. it's so true. And you have more energy. I tell people I get up at three 30 in the morning. Do you know, they look at me like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. a morning person too. Yes. It's. I walk so outside funny. in my bare feet, 40 degrees, nothing on like a jacket. And I just, I mean, I'm, I have pajamas. Um, but I just look up at the sky for a few minutes and just breathe a deep, fresh breath of that cold, crisp air. And it just, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. It's better than coffee. <laughs> and you know, that's what you need. And that's when you, yeah, when we can sort of tap into our, and that's a part of knowing ourselves is just allowing ourselves to fall into our own rhythm, you know, mm-hmm. it, which is, that's what you're doing. And, and when it's, when it, feels right it just you get the most from it mm-hmm. and when I tell people about it they go well I don't have time for that my life is busy my life's busy too I work two jobs <laughs> yeah yeah but you know that this is what's going to like you say give you the energy and yeah. the inspiration and the ability to do all those other things and with so smile. much more depth yeah yeah, yeah. and just yeah. and really feel that and really feel that smile it's not a fake smile hiding the pain it's a yeah. good genuine happy to be here happy for today living in this moment life yeah. you're right and I like I'm glad you said that it's not it's not about just happy it's not about being happy in a sense of smiling like mm-hmm. you say it's it's uh it's I really like that word ease it's just uh it's just that balance and not, like, again, not like crap's not coming your way. Uh, yeah. but I always like 
John Kabat-Zinn's statement, and, and he said, I don't know if it was his, but I learned it from him. You know, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. Yeah. And it's that ease of approaching of, of you're really with the good stuff and feeling the good stuff. And when the difficulties and the challenges come along, you're just, you're there, you're, you're present to that too. You're not mm -hmm. shutting down, you're open to it. So it, I just see it as more of a flow rather than a jerky, I guess. Mm -hmm. 100%. Approach. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. I used to be that closed person. And so, and I saw everything in the worst case scenario. And I got that most oftentimes. But when you can get to that more mindful state and you can recognize that about yourself and you can change that, it's it helps in every avenue of your life. Mm -hmm. And I love, I just wanted to say, like, just in preparation to doing this with you today, like, I sensed. At first, it scared me because I, I sense so much ease and, and playfulness in you. And there would have been a time in my life that I would have thought I couldn't have done. Oh, I can't. This isn't going to work. But no, I just thought, no, I want, I'm just going to go with that and trust that and let that come out of myself too. Yeah. And so, and you, so you, you did that for me. So that's to be open to that. We have to be open to that. Yeah. Uh, and those are the gains. Those are the beautiful those are the happy, what you could call happiness that you can flow with or ride with this new, this new way of being and just trust in the outcome, which is like, that's what's happening right now. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yes. And thank you for coming with me. Yeah. So why is understanding the difference between responding and reacting important. Because a lot of times when somebody does something to us, we react more than we respond. So let's talk about that a little bit of what's the difference? Why is it important? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so most of the time, if we're not paying attention, and we could go back to the feeling of, you know, self-doubt or fear um, that when we get scared, uh, we react a particular way. Now, for me, it might be to pull in, to blush, heat up, and maybe I might get stuck. This is in the past now because I see this happening now, but I might have chosen not, oh, not chosen. I might have out of response ran away, like maybe I'd didn't want to be part of that project or I couldn't take that job or I I couldn't go into that relationship you know or believe that person that guy liked me like there would be an automatic reaction and it would be just a reaction to save myself and stay safe but with mindfulness now I can because because we kind of always are the way we are but it becomes less intense over time as we notice it so now if I sense fear or self-doubt, um, I can see it happening. I notice it happening. I feel it in my body. I can see my thoughts starting to take off. But with that awareness, I can choose. It's like it, it just it comes back to that space again. I can put a space between um, my, my awareness of my thoughts. Like I can see myself thinking and, and how I can see my body reacting. And it's a space. 
and I can choose in that moment, I can decide for myself, well, what direction do I really want to go with here? Do I, do I, do I want to step in along with my discomfort step forward into this opportunity? This is an example. So I can choose to, along with my fear and my thoughts, I can choose to step forward. Another great example, sort of more common is anger. You know, when people get frustrated, um, they might, their automatic reaction might be to shout mm -hmm. or, you know, to lash out. Mm -hmm. But when we see the destructiveness of that in our relationships and how it doesn't make the person feel good, you know, you always regret mm -hmm. lashing out or saying something that you didn't mean to say. Um, and it still happens from time to time, but less, hopefully. When you become more mindful, if you're someone who says, you know, I don't want to go there anymore, that's not how I want to react, you start to become aware of your anger and your that feeling that you're going to blow, but you choose not to. Mm -hmm. And you can choose that. And maybe you need to just step back out of the whole situation, however you've learned, however you can learn to manage that, but you are choosing a different path and a different outcome. And we can say this for when you look at your life and it could be you know new habits you want to develop in your life um maybe it's your diet maybe it's your exercise maybe it's your willingness to sit and meditate uh whatever it is a new skill you want to learn instead of that oh you tried a few times and, and then there's that natural well it didn't work response you know and uh, here i you know i'm quitting again and you get down on yourself you can see yourself doing that and say no I'm going to begin again. I'm taking, this is my new approach. I'm not doing this to myself anymore. I am choosing to start again. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not a failure. I'm just someone who needs to start again. So I hope that makes sense. There's that yeah. window of choice that we can start to develop, but we can only really do that when we, when we can start to allow and see where we're at. Yeah. lots of kindness for ourselves it's we we're, we're where we are in life having done our best yeah right? but it's time to make some choices to choose how I'm going to respond so I can take myself in the direction I, I want to go that I know is better for myself yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. where can where can people reach out to find you most basically uh linda lindacoblin.com Mm -hmm. um, or even my website at lindacoblin.com. I would start there. And then I have links there to my Facebook group, which I encourage um, other highly sensitive women who are struggling with fear and self-doubt to uh, join. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's just an all women's Facebook group. And um, I talk about more of this stuff. And um, I also offer my coaching services in there. And uh, yeah, so my Facebook group, my website, and then there will be opportunities in there to set up a free mini coaching session with me if you want to have a little coaching and find out more about my coaching program. Yeah. Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about your program? I'd love to. Okay. So yeah, it's a three-month uh, personalized one-on-one -on -one program. Uh, where essentially you bring as the client, you know, the, the struggles and concerns you want to work on in your life. 
Um, and a lot of them tend to be about working on people pleasing, setting healthy boundaries, saying no, working with difficult emotions, you know, how to manage overwhelm. Wherever you're feeling stuck is the word that I like to use and, and, and stuck in that feeling of unworthiness, self-doubt, fear, bringing those concerns of yours that you're just really, you've had enough and you really, you've tried to work on these on your own. And that's what I do. I love to uh, work as a partner, as a guide, sharing my path, my experience to support women in breaking through these um, limiting beliefs and, and limiting feelings that keep them mm -hmm. stuck. So we work together. Um, it's online through Zoom. And um, we just take on your projects and with a lot of kindness, compassion, and we just work together and move through this stuff so that you can, you know, just start blossoming, blossoming in this, you know, we only got this one chance as far as we know. And yeah, it's so exciting to, to, to move through these fears and to just give ourselves permission to start expanding who we are in life. So yeah, it, so it's, it's my coaching program. And it's just, Linda at lindacoblin.com and, and connect with me and we can talk more about it if it's something that you want to, you know, take on for yourself. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts for everybody? Final thoughts? Yeah, just, you know, it, you know, and I, I do apologize, not from a people pleasing perspective, but <laughs> the lack of better words because I know words trigger people in a particular way but I'm just going to say it this loving of ourselves this you know really appreciating and getting on our own side in our path that we're on as we relate to other people as we relate to ourselves and and try to be who we want to be, whatever that is, you know, it's got so many components to it, but just to really know that you are doing the best you can, you're as worthy as anybody else, we're just all here working through our stuff, and just to be really kind to yourself, give yourself lots of permission to be exactly who you are, because you're the most unique thing out there, and be your most unique self in the most healthiest way you can that supports you and makes you feel lots of joy peace and at ease yeah, yeah. I love that message because I think a lot of people need that yeah. they need to have that and I think that that is pivotal to anyone's healing is to just allow that for themselves so thank you so much Linda for spending this time with me and having this conversation with me I've enjoyed it and I have to, and thank you so much, Nicole. It's been yeah. wonderful. It's All been the a best pleasure. to you in your journey as well. Yes. If you like this and other episodes, please click subscribe, like, and share so others can enjoy them too. Thank you so much for listening.